It's time for a new evolution in raising golfers, one that doesn't involve headaches, tears, or heading down the path of unknown. Whether you're trying to introduce children to the game of golf, help them play competitively, or play at a collegiate level, you're in the right place. This show is for any parent, player, or coach who wants to build a better team at home and on the golf course. This is the Raising Golfers Podcast. All right. Hey, what's up, everyone? Hope you're all having a great week. Get a little bit of golf in, a little bit of sunshine. It's almost summertime, and we should all be out there having some fun, spending some time on the golf course with our families. If you haven't already, go check out the Instagram page and the Facebook page for the podcast and give us a subscribe. I would greatly appreciate that. And the more we can share the message here from the podcast with everyone around the world, the better. If you're just new to this podcast, I'd say go back and check out episode number 40. It's a great place to start. In that episode, I kind of sum up a lot of things that are talked about on this podcast, and I think it's just a great way for you to get some of the ideas of what we talk about on this podcast. Now, recently, we've had some sports psychologists on the podcast sharing lots of great information. Today, our guest is Tim Kramer, and he's going to talk about how thoughts, emotions, and beliefs affect physical performance. That'd be true of every golf shot we ever hit. There's there's something you want to have happen, then there's something you don't want to have happen. And the way the human mind through conditioning tends to work, particularly in this game where we can be very hard on ourselves, is the mind goes almost immediately to what we don't want to have happen. And then in many ways, we're almost asking for the impossible, which is something good to come out of a mind that's very skeptical and pessimistic and and grumpy and ornery and all all of those qualities so that by keeping the uh the mind and the body in a positive place we stand a much better chance of of success tim kramer is the founder of peak performance mind coaching and he has developed a practice in which he has trained athletes in many sports to take mental and emotional performance from average to elite. He actively coaches and mentors golf professionals on all the major professional tours, and I'm excited for this interview, so let's bring him in. All right, Tim, I'm very excited to have you here and join me on the Raising Golfers podcast, so welcome. Thanks, Travis. Yeah, very much. What we're going to talk about today is something that I've actually been thinking consciously about for my coaching and as a parent as well with young upcoming golfers, things that I want to have more awareness of with what they're going through. And um, I hope that they can, for like what you say, achieve anything you desire or anything that they can desire. So to start with that, I'd, I'd like to talk about the physical performance side of golf specifically, and let's just kind of think in the back of our minds about junior golfers. So what affects physical performance in a golfer? Yeah, uh, it, it's a great question. And it's certainly one that I've developed um, peak performance mind coaching over the years. And we start with the basic belief that uh, whatever we are giving our attention to inside the mind is really what takes place. Years ago, I competed, I would say, very unsuccessfully, like a lot of us uh, in the golf business on the mini tours. And and what I really saw was um, a lot of people who, those who continued to make it and those who did not, which we've all, all seen. What I noticed in particular, though, was that the guys who went to the next level were those certainly who seemed to have a different um, uh, 
uh, mood and attitude. They just had a sense about them that, that um, I guess I can best describe today as belief. They really believed in themselves and their abilities. Long story short, I started studying the mind and started studying energy and belief systems. And, and what I came to find out was that um, basically, in a nutshell, what we believe is what we're about to see. And the reason that's so important, as you know, is most of us base our belief systems on the proof that we see. If we're playing well, we think we're pretty good. If we're not playing well, we, we believe we're pretty bad. And the problem with that approach was we never got performance out in front of belief, which is where it really needs to be. So the essence of what I've shared for the past, I guess, 20 years has been that somehow we've got to find a way to believe in spite of results. And that when we do that, performance optimizes. And when we don't, we're only as good as our performance. That's interesting. And you would say that this trait in, let's say, successful golfers, it's not something that they're born with, right? Nobody is born with this. No, I, I would say that uh, there are some who probably tap into it at an earlier age. We could call that uh, uh, intuitive knowing. We could call it effective parenting. We could call it whatever we want. But no, the bottom line is it's an inner quality that needs to de be developed that nobody, <laughs> no, no, nobody's, nobody's born with this. This is something that... Uh, uh, strong mm. desire and strong belief are something that that really are um, are uh, developed within us. So, how could a junior golfer kind of boost their self confidence and uh, positive beliefs over time to then help them with their performance on the golf course? It's a great question, and I, I start with the basic premise that that's kind of sounds sounds maybe a little bit silly, but it's that without the rules there is no game, and and really what that means is that if we don't know how the mind affects performance, we're out there just most of the time, um, hitting shots, reacting to the shots, and it's really the game that leads the mind game, right? The physical performance that influences our level of enjoyment, our level of confidence, everything like that. And, and even really helping juniors. I, I'm very passionate about the earlier that they can understand the rules of the game, probably the better chance they have at excelling in performance. And, and even just uh, the funny thing, Travis, is that when you explain this to kids, maybe because they're young, they sort of intuitively get this. They haven't been conditioned so much yet to, um, to, to uh, want to believe that, yeah, I got to be playing well before I can believe in myself. If we could just get to them and say, look, you're never going to be better. You'll never see a quality of performance better than how good you believe yourself, you, that you are. And I think that's a missing element mm -hmm. in the whole coaching concept. Again, um, even, and, and no offense to the announcers, but, but we listen to it every week and all we really hear is, uh, well, we, we're led to believe that it is our shots that dictate our emotions. When the reality of the way mm -hmm. the game really works and the way energy works, it's just the total opposite, that it is our belief systems 
that create the results we're about to see. It's very interesting you say that. So are there any good activities that you would administer for helping kind of changing and resetting beliefs in a junior golfer? Yeah. Um, yeah. And as silly as it seems, it's just have fun. If you're having fun, mm-hmm. you're probably about as close to it as, as you can be. Um, oh, interesting. The way the brain, yeah, well, the, the way the brain is, the way the energy works is that we can't be focused on two things at once. If you, if you think of it kind of like, a, I guess, a stick has two ends. There's a wanted end of the stick and there's an unwanted end of the stick. That'd be true of every golf shot we ever hit. There's there's something you want to have happen, then there's something you don't want to have happen. And the way the human mind through conditioning tends to work, particularly in this game where we can be very hard on ourselves, is the mind goes almost immediately to what we don't want to have happen. And then in mm-hmm. many ways, we're almost asking for the impossible, which is something good to come out of a mind that's very skeptical and pessimistic and, and grumpy and ornery and all, all of those qualities. So that by keeping the, uh, the mind and the body in a positive place, we stand a much better chance of, of success. Hmm. That's, that's very interesting. So I think what I would hear or take out of that from a coach's perspective would be that we have to make sure that what we're doing with our junior golfers in our coaching sessions at the forefront is fun and fun isn't just silly games it's more about there's actually a lot of positives that come out of having fun in your in your classes that can help with their confidence can help with positive beliefs that then can transfer over over time to the junior golfers performance or physical performance on the golf course is that right it's absolutely correct. We, you know, it's it's kind of funny in that fun gets a bad rap a lot of times in terms of performance, because we agree. mistakenly think too much fun means it's a, it's a giggle fest and and that we're not mm. taking it seriously enough. And and yet a couple of things going on here. I have the pleasure of working with uh, um, quite a few mini tour players and and even a couple tour players. And they would agree in a heartbeat that they play their best when they are having fun. Now, fun does Mm. not mean a lack of focus. Fun just means you're not being grumpy. And so it's perfectly wonderful because fun within the body's, uh, I work a lot with the body's energy system. Fun is a very, very high vibrating emotion within the system. It's up there with passion and it's up there with joy and it's up there with a feeling of accomplishment. You can't be having fun and grumpy in the same moment. It doesn't work that way. So, so again, I guess that, that from the energy process that I work with, you're obviously before every golf shot accessing one or the other either. And, and we don't need to really even label it as fun, but, but you're either doing it in a positive direction or in a energy is either flowing or it's being blocked. And to the extent we're having fun, well, the energy is flowing very well. The body moves freely and we optimize performance. I think that's, that's a very good description of fun and in a manner that I actually haven't myself even thought about. So for a parent listening, what I would say then to sum up what you said from my understanding and me now putting on my parent hat would be that if I'm watching my children at a coaching session and I'm seeing them out there and maybe they're not hitting a lot of, you know, perfect golf shots, but they're enjoying themselves. 
and the coach isn't so much so much hands-on but has created this positive learning environment that has put fun at the forefront which is then actually boosting things in their performance that we we may not see today correct but we'll see over time if that environment stays in a positive manner allow and allow to have fun so i think that was huge Uh, that's really that was really well said from you tim could not i could not agree with you more the other thing I would say is that even physiologically, we know that how the cells communicate with each other. Obviously, the brain is always sending uh, signals to the body that when you're having fun, the body will flow much more freely and efficiently and effectively than when you're all, you know, kind of in that pissy mood. And, and or unfortunately, mom or dad are just criticizing every shot and you start criticizing every shot. And the body locks up, right? So again, the, the goal of what mm-hmm. I teach is to keep energy flowing and moving in a positive direction. Now, now again, I guess we, we reiterate that fun doesn't mean just lack of focus. I, I think fun can lead to tremendous focus that because you're enjoying yourself. Mm-hmm. And, and it's kind of funny mm-hmm. uh, in many ways, and I know you have to have seen this as a, a teaching professional, we in some ways have have lost um, the idea that this is a game and that uh, that we should be having fun and mm-hmm. it's a game and to be played and and ironically mm-hmm. again the tour players when they are playing their best are having a blast and so I think we need to be careful that we we uh, don't um, don't include fun in the process and you know what's interesting you bring up there is, in some, not all, but some of the post-round interviews with some of the professional players, both for the PGA Tour and the LPGA Tour, on occasions you'll hear them say out loud, they'll say, oh, today was so much fun. I had a blast out there today. You know, we just had a good time. And like that's after they just posted right. a 64 or something like that, right? So kind of let that sink in <laughs> right. for some of the listeners. And I, I think there's a connection. I've just thought of that now that you brought that point up, Tim. I was going to say that, that yeah, they, they do have fun. The other thing being that, think about it, I, I, I still think of the zone as the optimal state of peak performance. The way we know when you're in the zone, the brain is firing properly uh, in a way that we love. It feels awesome, whatever. Well, the zone might not be all-in-out giggle-type fun, but the zone is cl- fun is closer to the zone than is being angry and ornery. You can't be in the zone and be angry at the same time. You can, you can use anger to stimulate emotions, but there is no way of sustaining a state of peak performance uh, and being in the zone when you're being grumpy and upset. So fun is much closer to accessing the zone than is uh, than are what we would consider to be more negative vibrating emotions. Speaking of some of those thoughts then, why do our thoughts tend to remember negative things as opposed to positive things? That's a great question. And, and kind of what I've got to say on that is it has just become a very conditioned habit. Um, it's something that we tolerate. It's something that becomes normal, seems normal. And also uh, those who have followed me over the years know that I really focus more on the emotional game than I do the mental game. Now, now I'm one of the mm-hmm. few coaches who has really kind of separated the two um, I call it the mind game. And the mind game to me includes uh, uh, both mental and emotional. Mental being strategy, strategic type decisions. Where's the wind? What kind of shot do I want to hit? What do I want to play? Well, it's the emotions that are really the juice of whether we believe we can do that or not. 
And so to me, it's, it's, it's the emotions that really, really run the show and um, provide the energy that we're after. And so, so it's uh, uh, what makes the emotions in, in my coaching style so critical to success. So junior golfers, and it's specifically really young ones. Uh, I had a great golf coach on the podcast, Kate Tempesta, and she said that children, these little bodies who have these big emotions, how can we start to help junior golfers control some of their emotions in a positive way early on and in a way that they can understand and digest it? Yeah, again, that's a, that's a great question. I think as coaches, again, I get back to what I said before, if we don't know the rules and we don't know the game. And I just think, I think flat out, um, I have, I, I have an instructor certification program and, and one of my instructors, he actually lives in, in Canada now, but one of the first things he does before he ever starts working on anybody's swing is he'll have a session like this. And he'll talk about how, how his mind, uh, that student's mind is going to affect their performance. And a big part of that, he says, is your attitude and your mood and what you bring to it. And so he'll just highlight mm -hmm. the rules for him. Look, you know what? You're not going to see a performance that is better than the attitude you bring to it right now. How old do you have to be to understand that? I, I guess I don't really know. But truthfully, I've never had a problem with anybody understanding that. The other thing I know that mm. I think is in our favor is it, it always feels better to feel happy than unhappy. So kids mm -hmm. are, are kids are kind of start with the idea that kids are kind of naturally happy until sometimes adults, we suck it out of them. And uh, uh, mm -hmm. it doesn't take a lot to do that. And certainly by in golf, by making them getting them too performance driven too early rather than just enjoying the process and, and the fun. And um, uh, again, I believe the body will learn very quickly. We, we, we see that all the time as instructors, yes, how quickly kids can learn a golf swing. But can they learn to repeat it in a happy way? That Doesn't that become kind of the, the, maybe the, the, the crux of the issue? Yeah, I got an interesting story. This, is, this happened yesterday, and it's on a very, very young scale. But my oldest son, he's only three and a half years old. He does play golf. He, he, he can hit the golf ball pretty much on every single swing. He can get the ball in the air. Yesterday, we were at the golf course, and he got upset about something just, let's just, from an adult's perspective, just something silly, something upset him. And then he said, I want to go to the driving range and just hit some balls. And so he went to the drive, we went to the driving range after he had this emotional situation. And the interesting thing was, is that, he couldn't even hit the golf ball for the first five, six swings, and then he would hit it, and then it would take him another three, right. four swings to hit the golf ball again. And I think that's an example just to lead into all junior golfers and even adults, how much the emotions can affect what your physical yeah. state and your physical performance can do. There, yeah. And, and to me now, of course, it maybe is a little more challenging as his father, but that is a great coaching moment to just say, look, this, I want you, what I want you to realize right now is how powerful your emotions um, affect your performance. Mm -hmm. and, and really, if we get back to my, my coaching method, that, yeah, it's the emotions when we think about it. Everybody wants to process this through their thinking. 
I'm very fond of saying it is the emotions that really determine the quality of the thoughts that we think. Yes. When you're happy, you mm -hmm. think good thoughts. When you're not happy, you don't think real positive ones. Even within the cells of the body and how the body moves at a cellular level, including the muscles and the joints, is all affected by the chemicals mm -hmm. it receives from the brain, which is impacted hugely by emotions. So I strongly believe that of the three elements, mental, physical, emotional, it's that emotions that are running the show. And that we really, it requires very stable emotions in order to optimize performance. And the body moves better. The thoughts we think are more productive, they're more effective. The decisions we make on a golf course, obviously, you, know, you and I have been around the game long enough to know you really make some bonehead decisions when you're not always in a good mood, right? So, so even mm -hmm, the effect sure. upon the mental side of the game is, is significantly influenced by our emotional state of mind. So the whole goal of, of this program is to get the emotions very strong and very stable and what I like to say, out in front of performance. Not because of performance, but out in front of performance. We're, we're happy in spite of golf, not because of golf. We're powerful be, in spite of golf, not because of it. So you gave the example of that coach up in Canada and some of the things that he, he spoke on to his students before a round, for example, or um, maybe it's before they went to play in a tournament. What would be some good positive encouragement words to help with the emotional side if you're a parent before your junior golfer goes out and plays golf or plays in a tournament? Yeah, um, we call it setting the tone. And what setting the tone means is that, is that it's, it's a mindset that has to begin um, long before, in a way before anybody ever gets to the course. And so uh, kind of one of the things that I have my students do is you don't take a step out of the car until you've readjusted, you've readjusted your attitude that, that you can't, uh, you, you just, mm -hmm. you have to be, you have to be fully present, fully aware, and in a good emotional space before you even take a step out of the car. And then the idea is to make sure that you're bringing that emotional state of mind, that presence with you before you get to the driving range. Um, we know as more experienced players, the stories that go on there, right? Oh, I had a great warm up, So I, yeah, I should, I should mm -hmm. play well today. I had a terrible warm up, So uh, I'm already in trouble. And you and I know as players and everything, we, we, uh, that never holds true. We've, we've had some of our best rounds in spite of very, very poor warm ups, And we've had great rounds just <laughs> where we could barely find the ball on the range. And so, um, so the whole idea always is that it is a proactive, preventive approach. It's kind of like when you think about uh, dehydration. The time to handle the dehydration is not when you're dehydrated. It's to stay hydrated mm -hmm. uh, so that it doesn't happen. And we really want the emotions the same way. The time to deal with the meltdown and the hissy fits isn't when you're going through them. It's too late. There's, there's an energy... There's a momentum of negative energy at that point that is much too late in the process to deal with. And, and uh, uh, the time to deal with it is proactively. And that's where we work a lot in the pre-shot routine. Good advice. I like that. That's a, it's a very good way of thinking about it. I really like that. So recently in my coaching, 
I've been administering for my adults, I would say, a lot of what Pia and Lynn from Vision 54 talk about, which is balance, tempo, and tension. And it's been very successful with my adults on the golf course and just a lot of self-awareness of what they're doing. But from what you're talking about, what would you say usually kicks in to create so much tension and resistance in somebody's golf swing or performance? It, it invariably, and I would dare say, always has to be tied into first what is going on inside the mind. The body cannot tense up on its own without a thought that, uh, a resistant thought. And I would best define a resistant thought as one that the deeper part of us knows is a bogus thought. It knows it's not true. It doesn't like it. And so the body immediately tenses up. And that's where we get the tension and resistance. So this is where, again, um, I, I love the concept of balance. I love the concept of, of tension. But, but to me, I think we need to take a more proactive approach to both in that it's almost like let's, uh, most coaching to me in the mind game surrounds what do we do when the problem is there? In other words, I'm angry. What do I do? I'm tense. What do I do? I'm this, I'm that. And to me, because I work so much with energy, it's a flawed question from the standpoint of it's too late in the process. We really have to be more proactive mm. and, and to keep ourselves from getting tense so that, yeah, we're going to notice the tension, but we can get better and better and better with awareness. And awareness is just huge and it's key. But with the awareness, we get to the point of where we just kind of draw a line in the sand and we just say, you know what? I'm not going there today. I'm just not going to repeat those unnecessary things I say about myself to myself. So there has to be more of a, an approach where we catch it sooner and before it has a chance to really grow and build. Now, I know that tension's not good, but why is it such a killer in the performance? Like, what is it about tension that kills the performance for us as golfers? T tension is something that locks up the body. And from an energy standpoint, it, it quite simply locks the body up. It, it keeps the flow of energy that we're after. It feels so good, right? I mean, don't, don't you just love it when you're out there and it just feels effortless and the swing is just flowing freely. And that's the kind of energy that, that I would suggest we could do on a very regular basis until we let the mind get in the way with a lot of bogus thoughts. Uh, thoughts and emotions, uh, thoughts of, I can't do this. This is too hard. I've never done it before. I'm not playing well. Uh, my putting sucks. Uh, the, the, the negative stories go on and on and on. And to think that we can manage tension, it's, it's quite ironic, actually. To think we can manage tension in the body with a bunch of thinking that is not doing us any good, that we know isn't doing us any good, that's asking for the impossible. There, there is, however, a little bit of a false read going on in all this stuff, if you think about it, because we've all hit great shots before when we've been in a really bad mood. And we've also hit really, really poor shots when we've been in a great mood. So 
as players or maybe as humans, we don't get the real time feedback of, of uh, say, I think a bad thought and yet I hit a good shot. So we're getting that false positive that goes on. However, over time, I will maintain every time there is no way to sustain states of peak performance with a mind that's always off in places we don't want it to be. We're berating ourselves. We're thinking negatively. Mm -hmm. You can only do that for so long before it is going to tense up and cause uh, tension and resistance in the body. So I've done a little bit of research about what you talk about. And one thing that you touch on is how breathing helps. So when do you have students start practicing this? And I'm sure it's a proactive thing, not a reactive thing, or maybe right. a little bit of both. But right. what would be maybe like a, a an activity or a drill somebody could do that they can actually quickly see how breathing would help them? Yeah, it's a great, it, again, it's a great question. Um, yeah, I'm a huge proponent of med- the process of meditation. Uh, I think meditation is probably the most effective pro- uh, thing on the planet we can do um, in order to really help us uh, access the breath and reel in the mind and keep the crazy thoughts from from kind of appearing so much. But I also I have to say that it, it you know over the years and I've been at this quite some time, I've had probably a handful of students uh, who have decided that that meditation is something they want to do. My joke is that they would sooner stand on the range and hit balls for 10 hours than meditate for 15 minutes. Um, that is changing. Though. Hmm. We're, we're starting to see. I mean, I mean, uh, uh, Phil Mickelson just talked about about meditation when he won the uh, when he won the you know, the tournament a couple weeks ago. And he was talking about meditation. We we know that an, uh, an increasing number of, of athletes in every sport now are beginning to to assimilate meditation into their practice. I think meditation is the is is the best thing we've got. But I do want to add too that that while breathing is huge, there's no doubt about it. That again. Um, breathing is, is, I believe, most effective before the meltdown takes place. And what I see in most of my athletes mm. is they start breathing once they're gasping for air rather than, than doing it proactively. So with that being said, um, what I like to see, Travis, and what I work on is that in the pre-shot routine, we work a very conscious, deliberate breath into it's what I call the pre-pre-shot routine. And the pre-pre-shot routine, called the pre-pre, what it is, is I jokingly say it's an awareness exercise that we tie the breath into. We take in a breath, and the joke is, is anybody home? Meaning, meaning, am I really here right now? Am I ready to play golf? <laughs> uh, or am I just going through the motions mindlessly again? So the pre-pre is designed to get us into that that proper mind state and definitely tapping that into the, tying that in with the breath, I think is, is just essential. Great tip. Really enjoyed that. That's, that's good. And, um, that's something I'm going to start doing first with myself. And then also that's something that I'm going to start thinking about and speaking with, with students as well. And I think whether you're a coach listening or a parent listening, I think that's something that we can, we can administer for our junior golfers, whether it's related to golf or if it's even not, I think there'd be a lot of benefits just to overall, um, ability to control, like you've talked about a lot today with controlling your emotions and um, keeping a lot of that tension and resistance away from our golf game and hopefully in life as well. Tim, 
you've uh, you've you've shared a lot of really valuable information for myself and for all the listeners on the podcast. Where can people find out more about what you're doing and more about um, you yourself? Yeah, um, probably best to go to our website, which is peakperformancemindcoaching.com. And uh, they can certainly find out about us there. I'm excited to say that hopefully within a few months, we will be having an online, um, a mind coaching program come out called Mind Game Now. And Mind Game Now will be a lesson type program with quizzes. And uh, I'll make sure I get you tied into that. I think you're going to find it quite enjoyable. It teaches a lot of the concepts we share. And uh, I'm very, very excited about that. And obviously, I'm very passionate about the mind game. I, I, but I do want to say, Travis, very quickly, um, a great mind with a terrible golf swing is only going to take you so far. So I don't ever want my program to be um, uh, identified as something where we just, you know, we just sit under a tree and imagine great golf shots and, and that they just happen. You, you, need to, you need to do the physical, too. But I also know... And you and I have both seen this, that a, a great golf swing with a really bad mind is, is not going to take you very far either. So I think it's that balance and that blending mm -hmm. of both of both elements. But yeah, uh, peakperformancemindcoaching.com. And uh, again, thank you for having me. It really has been a pleasure, my pleasure, and uh, good, best luck to you. Yeah, thank you, Tim. Now, um, I'll share that on the show notes for this episode. But before you do go, I've got one final question yes. for you. And what sure. would be your final words of inspiration for raising golfers? For raising young golfers, my final words of inspiration. Yeah, fun would be part of it, of course. But I, I guess what I would say probably most important is start going inside uh, Start going inside for the answers and listening to the guidance that comes from inside of you. I think we get too conditioned into listening to others who say they know what's best for us, or we get too into facts and figures and statistics. And right away, what happens is that it just takes, it sucks the belief right out of us. So we really need to tap into that inspiration from inside of us and make it more of an inner journey. Good coaches do that, I believe. They, they say, look, you know, look, buddy, you, you got to go inside. Now, the language we use to do that, I don't know. It's obviously age appropriate or whatever, but I do believe that that power ultimately comes from inside of us and helping everybody to go inside uh, is probably the greatest gift we can give to them. Awesome. Thank you so much, Tim, for coming on the podcast and taking the time out of your day and sharing so much valuable information for myself and all the listeners around the world. And um, yeah, I look forward to hearing feedback from everybody after they administer some of these things that you've suggested and talked about on the podcast today. And everybody go check out what Tim's doing at his company at Peak Performance Mind Coaching. So thanks so much, Tim. Thank you, Travis. All right. Wow, what a wonderful interview there with Tim from Peak Performance Mind Coaching. I really enjoyed that interview and I think I took a lot away. Some things I wanna just kinda of sum up that he talked about was how fun gets a bad rap and fun doesn't mean a lack of focus. And I think that's huge because, you know, for me personally, I do a lot of group coaching with children and in the classes, we pretty much have fun the entire time. And something I've taken away from US Kids Golf and from Jim Hardy was to teach lightly, which is what I'm doing in the classes and basically giving the children different tasks and games where they can try to implement some of the new skills that they're learning 
in an environment where they're going to thrive, have fun, and something that resonates with them. So I'm really happy to hear from Tim how important he thinks fun is and how much we need to be keeping that environment fun for our children. Interesting enough, just recently, we had a nine-hole event for Operation 36 program, and one of the parents came to me and said, you know what? My son's putting's really improved recently, and I can see how all those games you guys play have really paid off for him, and it's translated over to the golf course. So just an, an example for you out there, if you're listening, let's not give fun too much of a bad rap and let these kids enjoy themselves while they're out there playing the game. Tim said, whatever you're given attention to inside the mind is what takes place, and what we believe is what we're about to see. So for me, that's kind of an important thing for my own golf game. I've really got to make sure that my mind and emotions are dialed in before I hit every single golf shot because for me, and I think like a lot of listeners and even junior golfers out there, it's very easy to get distracted and have our minds turn to something that is undesirable or negative. So let's keep the positive thoughts out there. I think really having a positive mindset and just kind of sticking to the process, not so much having outcome and result oriented goals is going to help us flourish and um, enjoy the game even more, all right? And the last thing that I would just like to touch on was he said, awareness is huge and it is key. Something I've been coaching a lot recently with my junior golfers and also my adults is just having an awareness of what the body is doing, what the mind is thinking, what our physical state is, playing a little bit with what Pia and Lynn from Vision 54 talk about, which is balance, tempo, and tension. And I think just being aware of all of those things is gonna be huge for us and help us be a better player on the golf course. Hope you guys enjoyed that one as much as I did and look forward to having you here next week. Thanks so much.